terrorize the world. Hello everyone, I'm Brian. And I'm Nick, and you're listening to the podcast from the Black Lagoon. Today, we're going to be talking about the 1980s slasher flick, Friday the 13th. Such a classic, one of my favorites, um, such a huge fan of the series, and I am super excited to finally be talking about this film. So, as a huge, long-time fan of the franchise, my question to you, uh, have you ever, have you ever seen this film before, or is this like your, the, the cherry that's, that has finally been popped? Well, uh, I, I have. It was a while ago. I, was, I really felt like I was watching this for the first time this, uh, this time around, though. And I can honestly say I, I liked it. I wasn't over the moon. I can say I liked it. I don't, I don't want to. You had a very... Um, that, that passionate introduction kind of dies off with me. Um, I'm definitely going to critique it and even out the, the podcast. But I, I need you... like. We talked about this in the uh, Train to Busan episode. You need to teach me what's good about this franchise because I, I like it, but I, I struggle to really find the kernel of whatever is so important about it that that how it had this big cult following and people really enjoy it and swear by it. I actually have an opening question for you that I thought we should start off with to, um, I guess, the the initial butting of heads here. Um, do you think Friday the 13th was necessary for horror movies to evolve? By what, what I mean by that is, was it really, did it introduce something of great importance to the horror genre? And I ask this because when I looked up when the film was made, I realized Texas Chainsaw came out, what, six years before? Something like that. And it introduced the Ophi masked killer, you know, the single female survivor left who who eventually overpowers or or at least makes it to the end did did texas do that first i thought it was halloween that did that first i might be extremely wrong on that i think i believe halloween came out a year after texas chainsaw massacre halloween definitely played up the the um powerful female lead card but texas chainsaw massacre i I, i'm pretty sure I'm not saying it was the first movie ever to do it, but but it was one of the earlier horror films to have a female lead who really made it to the end. Um, and then and then Halloween, what, five years before Friday the 13th? And that introduced, you know, the first-person stalking sequence and, to a minor extent, the teen sex tropes that are going to be riddled in every single new horror film that comes out after this. So, all the, I mean, those elements I just mentioned are crucial to Friday the 13th. And that's, I guess, what it's most known for would be those four features. But they, they were introduced in different movies, but that came before it. So I, I guess the main thing I wrestle with is what is it about Friday the 13th that makes it more than the sum of its parts? Because its parts have already been used. 
you know, they were already introduced to the horror game. So what is it about to you that's like, oh, that's what strings it all together. That's why this franchise is fantastic. You know, when you look at a film such as Halloween and Texas Chainsaw, they're a whole different breed of animal, even though they are definitely, you know, they are slasher films. Whenever I watch, you know, Friday the 13th, I, uh, you know, I, I definitely don't get scared as much as I would watching Halloween because um, Michael Myers is definitely a force to be reckoned with. Was it necessary to evolutionize the, the horror genre? I think most definitely. I think that Friday the 13th kind of made it even more popular than it ever was before um definitely had a lot of controversy as the films went on you know a lot of people saying these are nothing more than basically idolizing violence and sex yeah it did which is interesting because you could argue that that sex is exactly what got these people killed like this is the movie that's really known for teens run off and then that's when they die you know like people could have easily reinterpreted that as a warning against any you know know, premarital sex teen promiscuity anything um i I found an old archived episode of um robert ebert and gene siskel's review series they're they're big movie reviewers way back when they absolutely despised every slasher film that came out they were there right on the cusp they were there to review friday the 13th when it came out and they already had a large audience and they reduced the film to essentially being about stabbing which i thought was really interesting they said the amount of violence and the focus on the violence and how every plot device is really only there to lead up to violence makes the essential part of this film literally a knife or something like it jutting into somebody else and i thought that was really interesting because that is what it is but my my problem with their interview is can't that be fun like can't that be an enjoyable movie um like slashers are clearly saw slasher final destination there's a market for it you know that's what it is it's just fun it's you know it's not hurting anybody it's not you're not doing anything wrong. The, th- the things that I love the most about Friday the 13th is the atmosphere itself. I definitely love the, you know, the vibrant colors from the clothes, especially because it's the 80s. Uh, the the red doors on the cabin. It's a very playful movie. A lot of the characters, they joke around and they play games and it's humorous. Like I was surprised that in 80s, horror film held up so well as far as characters are concerned they were very engaging and entertaining uh in a way that most new horror movies are not they're very you know where you get dry 2d characters but these ones were very fun to watch you know and that was impressive to me that that firstly held up and secondly was done so well and is that way where you draw the distinction between friday the 13th and like halloween and texas chainsaw because this is a fun movie it doesn't feel as cinematic as the other two, you know, where Halloween had a story. It was driven by a narrative. This was kind of like a big sandbox movie where stuff happened and we watched it and then a story comes in, in the last 20 minutes. You know, it's not supposed to be taken seriously whatsoever, you know, especially towards towards like the last 
few movies of the franchise. Um, We'll get there. (laughs) Dear God. Uh, We'll get there eventually. Um, I don't know. There's just something about these films. You know, I, I grew up with... And now, like, I wasn't supposed to watch these films at such an early age. I definitely, I did get in trouble and stuff like that, but it's it's very understandable. I don't think that ever left me from, you know, childhood to now. Uh, it's always It's always been a part of me as a person. I love Friday the 13th. So, and, I, I mean, I have the complete eight movie collection right here just to show nice and packaged uncut the thing is is what what really bums me out is the fact that so much of the media gave you know the film industry shit because of the gore the violence and definitely towards like the you know, last couple of movies, you could definitely see where that took its toll. So there's definitely been some damage that has been done to the franchise. Now, talking about the first movie, the the first movie is definitely a classic. It's, you know, it's not where we get the classic Jason Voorhees, obviously. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen this fucking movie, but... It's it's so it's an old movie. This is from the 80s. Something that I love about this film in particular is the way that the camera is filmed and the POV of the killer. But sometimes the camera plays tricks on you and it kind of makes you think is the killer about to kill this person? No, it's just it's just the camera moving. Okay, that's kind of creepy in in some aspects, you know, it kind of keeps you at the edge of your seat all while being fun. You know, the uh the gore effects, the special effects. Tom Savini did such an amazing job with this movie in particular. It's just like amazing and it's definitely it's aged well. No, oh, it definitely has. Yeah. There's a subtlety, there's a bit of realism to it. I didn't really know what to expect out of the violence because you're right, this has been demonized. Um, and when I went to watch it, I was surprised at the the um, conservative gore. It was violent and it was gritty and, and brutal, right? But it wasn't like um, heads being exploded and, and limbs being torn off and at all. It, it was gritty, disturbing scenes that are often like after the fact. Like a door closes and then you find out that this guy's riddled with arrows. Um, and it leaves almost the deed up to the imagination, right? And then you, f- you see the aftermath. And that's gritty because it's, it's, um, you realize all that already happened and the characters didn't even know about it. And that does, I think, add to the mounting tension. And I like that. And, and you're right to bring up the camera work. I thought it was very well done. I really thought it was w- really well helmed. And there were all of these um, clever little sequences that I thought, well, this is clearly a well-funded movie, Um, or at least they had a great director, because it it really was far better, uh, it it was more effectively put together than I thought it would be, coming back to watch it. Um, Also, I didn't know, um, what's the actor's name? 
He's the only Kevin Bacon. Yeah, I had no idea he was in this. <laughs> I had no clue. That surprised me. I also didn't know it was Kevin Bacon until I saw the IMDb page after I watched it. I could not recognize him. Yeah. His uh, death scene, um, which I definitely want to talk about, because there's a sort of interesting aspect behind the scenes where the arrow is coming through his uh, neck. Tom Savini was like pressing a pump, and the pump ended up not uh, functioning correctly so tom savini had to like literally put the pump against his mouth and blow so he would uh get that because you could only do it so many times without having to like redo everything because a lot of that was like plastic uh or like a mold a cast for his throat right and body probably not cheap Uh, it's definitely not cheap so he definitely like immediately was like you know i'm gonna put this in my mouth and just blow really hard and it definitely did you know got a great shot in that scene and it's definitely the most iconic and probably my most favorite in this film but yeah that's that's the whole general aspect of friday the 13th it's it's just it's pure mayhem and pure fun just to you know see teenagers have fun smoke pot have sex get killed yeah and and that makes sense to me and and that answers my question and i i kind of felt like that when i asked earlier about what makes it more than the sum of its parts because everything that goes into this film i've seen in other movies that came before it but you're right what this does is it lets the narrative take the back seat until the end and it's kind of a museum tour of just exhibit after exhibit of look at this happening look at that happening and it's fun it's entertaining it's engaging the characters are you know interesting they get themselves into interesting situations they they act out everything pretty well and they're funny like real genuine moments of humor and horror films are so rare and when it happens you have to appreciate it because it's hard to pull off and yeah it was just it's interesting and fun and I, i wish people i wish critics of horror films could see how how harmless these films actually are like despite all of the violence in, in in even like black metal or death metal or anything like that, I wish they could see how harmless. Like people like me and you are the we're I'm sitting in a sunny Florida apartment drinking coffee out of a cup with my dog's photo on it. Do you see that? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not plotting cute. to take down the world. Like we enjoy horror. Like it's just so funny oh, to get critiques oh. out of this. <laughs> You, you could be. Oh, you yeah. just love your dog that much, oh, you know? okay. That's another point you could make about, you know, music and everything. Death metal, black metal. I'm a huge metalhead. I love metal. A lot of that stuff, the lyrics and, and everything are grotesque if you listen to it. And it's just fun. And a lot of those people that play the, uh, that music... They're very nice people. They're genuine, principled people. Like, if you look at the origin of, like, black metal, like, Norwegian black metal, like, you get decent people who are literally putting on a show and enjoy wearing this, um, you know, dark side of music. Like, that's they wear that on their sleeves. Like, this is where we just have fun and just yell these things out. These aren't people who are actually orchestrating the apocalypse. Like it is, it's so funny to me to think that these are like, and that's not to say that music or films can't be politically motivated, but 
honestly, these films are so harmless and interesting, and they're allowed to just be fun and engaging. Like looking back to a lot of the harder critiques of of like Friday the Thirteenth, um, it's just pointless to me. Like the movie is fun, and that's all it has to be. Um, it doesn't try to be an incredible narrative or a cinematic masterpiece or anything like that. It doesn't have the art that um, Texas Chainsaw did, which was gritty and realistic in a carefully orchestrated way, or Halloween, which had a, a great narrative and um, a fantastic unfolding mounting tension throughout the film. This is just, like I said earlier, it's like exhibit A, exhibit B, you go along the way and you get to the end and you had fun and that's it. That's what it's about. And I like, like, I can see that. To me, that's a real answer of the question I had earlier. It's like, oh, okay, it's a fun film. Like the Saw films, some people find those fun for the same way. Um, the Final Destination films, some people find those fun for the same reason, you know. So I can, I can see that. I was surprised, and you're, you're going to laugh at me, but I'm really surprised because I'm so, I know nothing about this franchise, which is so ridiculous seeing that I, I really do enjoy horror films. Um, I was really expecting to actually see Jason Voorhees. Like I, I was expecting the killer to be behind it would be him. And but you did see Jason. I yeah, I know we saw him at one point. But like I was expecting the full on, you know, full bodied, going at the kids with a machete. But that's the beautiful, you know, and that's the beautiful thing. It's not Jason. It's yeah. the mother. And I like that. That was very surprising. You assume that the murders are so masculine. It implies masculinity, the force and brutality of it, and the boots and the gloves, and everything's bulky and big. And it's a good twist. It's pretty well done. It just goes to show how a loving mother can snap. The psyche of just, you know, your mundane, everyday mother, you know, loses her child and... All because premarital sex and drugs, man. Yeah, and isn't that cool? Like that—that that really that that isn't. I haven't even thought about it until now. But you're right. That's a cool moment in the movie. She's psychologically stuck in that moment where her kid died. When she's watching these kids do all the things that their negligence led to the death of a kid, she's now seeing it happening again. She never left that day, and now she's coming back and trying to to fix it. And definitely, like, uh, something that's really creepy is the way she talks in a little kid voice, you know, yeah, kill yeah. her mommy. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's weird, but put yourself in that situation and somebody's coming at you with a fucking knife and saying shit like that. That's creepy. Okay. Oh, that's horrifying. Yeah, that's horrifying. Absolutely. Oh, one thing I definitely want you to shine some light on for me. So... This film had no reason for us to think anything supernatural was going on, anything like that. It was very cut and dry, boots on the ground, physical, non-supernatural thing. But at the end, when we see Jason come out of the lake, is he supposed to be dead but not dead? Is he just deformed? Is he hiding at the lake? How? I, I didn't know how to reconcile that with the rest of the film, or if we were even supposed to. This movie could very well be like, don't, don't even think about it, it just happened. That's fine, too. I buy that if they are readily doing it. But are we to believe that he is back from the dead, breathing underwater, hanging out at the bottom of the lake? What's going on? That is left to the interpretation of the viewer. But what I will say, I don't think Jason died. I think 
I don't know. That's that's really it's really weird because he couldn't swim. <laughs> Actually, I didn't think about that. No, you're right. He couldn't. <laughs> so I get you know I I guess yeah I guess he did come back from the dead yeah. in a way. And his face is horrifically deformed. So did drowning? What what did that to him? Was he born that way? Born that way. He was I didn't born pick that up way. on that. Yeah, okay. uh, that's his backstory. He was. Um, okay. okay. His mother was raped, and he came out that way. Did they explain this in this film? No, they didn't explain it in okay. any of the films. The actually, they explained it in the uh, the video game. Oh, okay. Huh. Which is can which is canon. And that's that's something else I want to point out. Uh, the video game, the way that they constructed this game. What what video game is this? What's it fr- called? Uh, Friday the Thirteenth. The video game. It, it's a newer game. Yeah, it's for. Cool. Okay. Sad thing is, is there's a lawsuit going on, so it uh, stopped production of any new content coming out. So it's basically dead at this point okay and this for some reason i thought this was an add-on to dead by daylight or whatever that other mm-hmm. one's called no no it's a full standalone game mm-hmm. i had no idea okay yeah the thing that i like the most about that game is you take the game and you take the film and you look and you compare and they look almost the same they literally they did their homework they watched this movie back and forth from beginning to end and worked on this game to make it look as authentic as possible and i remember playing this game and then deciding i'm gonna watch this friday the 13th movie oh my god it looks so much like the video game you know that's it's so cool (laughs) i had that with when alien isolation came out i me and dominic we booted it up and we played it and we just watched alien one we were like, I pre-ordered the thing. We knew we were getting it. We watched the movie first and really wanted to jump into it. And eventually they had this like Nostromo DLC where it was the ship from the first film. Every single hallway. Even I didn't like critically view Alien 1, right? I, I've watched it a lot, but I, I wasn't like picking it apart or anything. You cannot play that game and not get flashbacks to the film. Every pipe and the, how the tables are set up and the the noises they actually took right out of the film it blew my mind how how well they constructed the environment you couldn't play through it without really getting flashbacks to the movie i can only imagine how cool that is for like camp crystal lake brought into like an interactive world that you can march around in is it a multiplayer game yeah it's a multiplayer game cool one person plays as jason voorhees and then a certain amount of people play as survivors. Can you kill Jason or do you just escape him? You can kill Jason. Really? But cool. it is really, it's really hard to do. Um, you have to do multiple things. You have to call Tommy Jarvis, which is a character from the films. You have to knock Jason's mask off and one person has to be wearing Pamela's sweater. Really? Interesting. Yes. Oh, there is also another awesome thing that i wanted to point out and i just noticed this and i kind of want to slap myself for not noticing this a long time ago 
Um, so the final girl. Do you remember when she picked up the guitar? And she was just, you know, all alone. Yeah, just She picked yeah. up the guitar. She sat down. She started right. strumming. She's actually playing the uh, the theme song of the movie. Really? Do, 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 do. Yeah. Hmm. You probably have to go back. Cool. And, yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. It was um, very interesting because I hadn't noticed it until I just watched it now. That caught me completely off guard. That's the thing I love about, you know, films like this. You can go back and you can watch these movies and then you can find things that, you know, you never noticed before. The whole thing is just fun. It's it's so much fun. I enjoy it. I constantly watch these films. Well, not con- not constantly, but like if I decide out of the blue I want to watch a Friday the 13th movie, it normally ends up being like me watching multiple films in order so i'll have like a marathon it's just how much i love these films oh we we didn't talk about the decapitation i mean like how just how awesome was that that like you know sort of in it was very detailed you know especially you could like see the bones sticking out of the 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 neck yeah they um it was i like how they they built up to that level of violence they didn't start there you know like they didn't immediately begin with brutal violence and gore it it kind of built up and everything got kind of increasingly disturbing then at the very end you got that the release when the you know the killer is dead and it should be calm and okay now and you know you get the surprise no it isn't but that beheading scene i thought was very cool that was a good plot device to tumble us out of the climax and get down toward a resolution and one thing i want to point out about that scene when her hands go up those are man hands you can see the the hair on the hand those are man hands i think those are tom savini's hands so why wouldn't they use why wouldn't they use her hands uh i wonder i don't know because they most of the film it was a man i don't know i guess it was just to be like i want to do this you know let's have some fun i like the stylistic 80s slow motion that they would use every now and again that was kind of fun yeah it's very it's very over dramatic but it's so (laughs) much fun uh but the actress that plays pamela oh it's so such blasphemy that i forgot her name people listening to this are gonna be like outraged but anyways originally she didn't want to do the film she thought it was stupid she thought the concept was dumb but she ended up doing it anyways and we ended up with a iconic franchise an iconic film itself you know and uh yeah um i don't know i think I think that's about it. I'm just like, I'm really excited to do more of these films uh, because we're going to slowly see the progression of a horror icon as big as, you know, Frankenstein and Dracula, the mummy. You know, these are definitely killers that have become as big as that. 
So yeah. Yeah, I look forward to it, and you will you will guide me and oh, teach me about I the, will, the next. Few I will films. teach I look you forward to that, young grasshopper. <laughs> hmm. And now you said one of your favorite films was like the was like the third or fourth. Uh, four, I, five, and six. You gave me hope because it it made four, five, and six. I like God. three because otherwise I'd feel like we're just three's uh, good. I okay. like three as well, and that's. But it definitely it's it's very wacky because uh, that movie came out when 3D was starting to become a thing, so so it's yeah it's noticeable. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I know. When when you make a movie for three D and then you watch it in in, you know, two D, you can just you just watch hands come really close to the camera and then come back and it's like, Oh, this must have been a three D viewing. <laughs> everybody that does it for this episode uh thank you so much for listening uh definitely stay tuned we're going to work our way through this franchise probably on a every other episode basis that way we can still hit on some newer movies um if you love what we're doing you can subscribe we're on pretty much every big podcast provider um i think we are on every major podcast provider but there might be a few that we haven't gotten approved on yet um, and if you really, really enjoy what we're doing, you can find us on Patreon by typing in podcast from the Black Lagoon. Um, thanks so much. And, you know, stay tuned.